0: This podcast is intended for mature audiences and could be sensitive to some. Listener discretion is advised. The content you'll hear is based on our own experiences, opinions, and recollections.
1: We worked as forensic scientists and investigated thousands of crime scenes between the three of us. We went to burglaries, homicides, and everything in between. If there was evidence to collect or document, we were your gals. All names and locations,
2: including ours have been left out or changed to protect the privacy of those involved. If you do know or learn these details, please be respectful to all involved and keep the information private.
1: Incident assigned. Hello
0: ladies. Hey, hey. Welcome back, everybody, our faithful listeners.
1: Hello. Thanks for coming back.
0: We are going to jump into some questions tonight. So, I want to give a big shout out to some of our amazing listeners for sending us in some really fun questions to answer. We got a whole bunch of questions, actually, which was really fun to go through. We had some laughs along the way. We're going to share with you. So, we're going to just jump into some listener questions tonight. Thank you. Keep sending them in. Yes. Keep sending them, whether it's about scenes, questions about the job, anything that you have, send it our way.
2: If you want to know our favorite colors, maybe. Yeah. And if you just <laughs> want to say,
1: hey, say, hey.
0: You know, I always want to hey. It's purple,
2: but I won't, I won't spoil it now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Obviously, you won't be able to differentiate us.
0: No, nope. <laughs> our voices
2: are the most similar, and our favorite colors the most similar.
0: So shit, Yep. shoot. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The Blood Queen. Don't tell anybody. It's orange,
1: orange, <laughs> not red. Shock.
0: Now you know. Now you know. Okay, now they can't ask that question. I'm so sorry. Land, yeah,
2: ruined you know. it. There's others. They'll have to come up with their own. Send them on in. Yes.
1: Okay, so we're going to start with our questions. We've got a few that kind of overlap each other. And so we're going to kind of lump them together. It was Do you miss it? Does the podcast make you wish that you were doing the job? Or does the job have an expiration date due to secondary trauma, crazy hours, stress?
2: Yeah, I'll kick off an answer. I think that the podcast has been really good for me to reminisce. And been really fun to do but at the same time talking about all that stuff makes me go "Mm, yeah I'm okay not being out in the middle (laughs) of the night in the cold in the bug houses in the goopy people listen to Mm -hmm. episode 20 maggots and mummies. The human soup. So I think that it's been really fun to do and reminisce, but I think that there's probably an expiration date for me.
1: I definitely miss it. I love the challenge, the day-to-day changes, and the intrigue. And obviously, everyone loves to go to crime scenes and get to go behind the yellow tape.
0: Oh, yeah. It's very interesting.
1: That's the awesome part. So I miss a lot of parts of it. I don't miss other parts of it with the shift work being called in court lack of sleep seeing hanging out with dead bodies and that secondary trauma but it's that trauma and crazy hours that just take a toll i definitely do miss it some days i don't know if i miss yeah. it enough or you'd go back but i definitely do miss it
2: i agree with you i miss the idea of it
1: <laughs> i miss it i miss being out there with you gals the yeah. camaraderie uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's the biggest that's the biggest for yeah, sure yeah i miss the family the people
1: And the officers. I miss a lot of that, but not enough to maybe go back.
0: Yeah, agreed. I would say that the biggest thing for me is missing that feeling of doing something really great for society where you're helping people and you're Mm -hmm. giving back to the community. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is like that feeling of fulfillment where our jobs are great now, but it's a little bit different. (laughs) So it's a give and take for sure. Yeah. It feels like you felt more important yes Mm
1: -hmm. i have a purpose like you're making more of an impact yes on society definitely
0: but doing this podcast has been
1: very therapeutic i feel like
0: oh for sure thank you
1: ladies for doing this and also thanks
0: for the listeners thanks for listening
1: thanks for those supporting us okay we have a part two for that that was similar the question was was there something specific that made you want to leave that career
0: that's such a good question because I don't know about you two, but I feel like every time I meet somebody new who finds out that I used to do this job, the first thing they say is, Oh my God, why would you ever leave?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I guess for me, I'll just start off. For me, it was just, it was really taxing, I think, physically, emotionally, mentally. And when you talk about the expiration date, I was working overnights, and I had young kids, and it was getting to a point, at least for me, where I would get home at early in the morning, 730-ish in the morning, and I would try to go to bed. I'd sleep for two hours, and I got to the point where I couldn't sleep any longer. So for me, physically, it was really, really hard. I was not feeling super healthy. I wasn't feeling great. Mentally, that takes a toll on you because your brain's not getting rest. And so for me, that was really
1: hard. Yeah. Your body was not made for overnights.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was, it was too many years and and it just got to the point where I could not sleep during the day anymore. And I knew that in order to be the best me, the best mom and the best wife and the best friend and everything, I had to take a step back. So that was for me, it was sacrificing that really awesome job where you had that fulfillment for the personal life and what you actually needed outside of work. The work-life balance for sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely work-life balance.
2: Yeah, I think for me it was also, you talked about being on the overnight shift, and it was kind of hard to move around. We were very seniority-based, so you had to wait a long time to get to a quote-unquote better shift, like a day shift, but you're still 24-7, working holidays, working weekends, working mm-hmm. whatever shifts, working nights. Also, it's such a small community that even management – growth or advancement there wasn't yes. a lot of opportunity for that either so you kind of just like stuck too
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah especially if you want to stay at that department and it's hard to move right. around to different ones too
2: that's what i kind of noticed yeah it's like well agree i gotta go we gotta get out of here <laughs> onward upward time to bust right out of this yeah. prison, <laughs> this this prison, prison. <laughs> literally let's see next question here i'll read it off Have there ever been any defendants that creeped you out so much that you monitored when they were getting out of prison?
1: I definitely had one like that. For real? Ooh! I think I have the scene coming up, so we'll get into the scene. But he was sentenced to life. He was found guilty. And I was sitting at my desk one afternoon, and my desk phone rang. And it was a girl, and she said, Hi. I am calling on behalf of Joe Schmo, not his real name, Joe Schmo, and <laughs> he is my friend. And I am calling because he has decided that he has done his time and he got his street cred and he is ready now to tell who did it. Oh, shit. And it wasn't him. What? <laughs> and I was like, but what, what does that have to do with me? That's not my job. <laughs> She's like, I got your name the court testimonies and transcripts mm. and we're reaching out to you and the medical examiner to see if you would help us
2: oh god no ma'am that's not how that works
1: <laughs> i had the crime scene it was a shooting i was like the medical examiner is not going to change their mind they did not die of a gunshot wound like what do you- the medical yeah, examiner just had the cause of death they died from a gunshot wound i mean same with you though we didn't have dna we didn't have fingerprints we didn't have anything forensically tying this person yeah, so sure. I was like, of all the people to call,
2: oh my gosh, called the wrong office.
1: We can't go back. We actually weren't the reason why you're there. It was other parts of the investigation that are why you're there. And I was like, you might want to get an attorney. And she was like, mm-hmm. well, we thought that we would start with you, and you could help us. Oh no, no, no. no. And I was like, no. you'll need to go through an attorney.
2: You documented the facts at the crime scene, like yeah. I don't know what you, <laughs> what else. Right. I was you? like, I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. Oh wow.
1: So that obviously freaked me out. I had been dating a guy for a couple months. And I was like, uh, you're moving in with me. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? I was like, you're going to move in with me for a little bit? Because I worked the evening shift. I got off work at midnight. Oh, and I was like, if they can find my desk phone, like straight up called my desk phone number. Yeah,
2: not even the main crime lab. They're oh. reaching out.
1: And it's someone oh. you know outside. I was like, I just don't want to go home. And someone's at my house. Because then, of course, did all the Google research on myself. Sure, shit. I was in a townhome at the time, the front of my townhome complex showed up, and I was like, that's not fun.
0: Perfect. It's fucking scary.
1: And then my boyfriend was like, so you want me to stay here at night? I was like, sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Be a man. (laughs) You want me to insert myself in the danger zone? (laughs) I was like, you have to be home so when I get home, I know that you're there and not someone else. And he's like, so I'm sitting here by myself all night? I was like, yes, that's what your job is now.
2: (laughs) You chose to be with a crime scene investigator, okay? Right, exactly.
1: You knew that when we got together.
0: This is
2: your life decisions. Oh, man. (laughs)
0: That's so funny, though. That is honestly one of the things that freaked me out the most in this job was going to court and you sit in the courtroom across from the defendant and you say your name and you freaking spell it. Mm -hmm. And it just always hit me. Motherfucker. Is there not a better way to do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Public record now. That always killed me. I have a funny story. It wasn't actually in this job, but before I worked this job... I think I mentioned it way back, maybe a long time ago in an earlier episode, but I worked in a jail and so inmates would recognize me and I was walking one day to court and going up the escalator in the courthouse and probably only 5 steps behind me on the escalator, I heard a guy yell, "Hey, Depp, blah blah blah, my last name." And I froze. Oh no. The voice oh, my God. I could recognize. Oh, you knew the voice? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. He knew my name. He knew what exactly what I looked like. And he was like literally five steps behind me. Oh, my
1: God. And out.
0: Like he was out of jail.
1: Yeah. Yes. It was out in the public, in the courthouse. He was probably showing up for an appearance of some sort. Yeah, where he was allowed to be. But still, just yep, doesn't give you good feelings. Not warm fuzzies. Not at all. I was like, oh, fudge. (laughs) It's just like you try to pretend. Like, I don't know who
0: you're talking about. That's not me. Shit. Sure is me.
1: Walk away. Walk away.
0: What do you say at that point? Oh, hey there, Ron. How are you doing, buddy? I think I like turned around and kind of a s- quick smile and we were near yeah. the top of the escalator at least. And then I just boogied. Yeah. Good Lord. What else do you do? You're not going to say, yeah. hey, what's up,
1: Johnny? Yeah. Like-
0: yeah. <laughs> what are you doing these days? So weird. Well, it depends
1: too, because I think that you had worked at the jail before, but I think that some of them have very good relationships with the folks mm-hmm. in there and the deputies and just would never give you a good feeling, especially when you recognize that voice.
0: Right. And that was not the case with this one. We did not have a good relationship. Hmm, shoot. So, shoot. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He was not a, he was not a pleasant fellow. We'll yeah. Just, you didn't we'll go out for that. coffee after that? Oof. Duh. No. Shoot. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I will jump into the next one. Next question is, was there a time that you owned a dumb defense attorney while testifying? Oh, my gosh. This is a fun one. <laughs> We want to give all the love to attorneys out there, but sometimes defense attorneys don't know what we do, so this is a good one. Right.
1: I have two examples, actually, with the same attorney. (laughs) Oh, yes. The first one, it was the case I was just talking about with the guy that called me, actually. I just thought about that. It's the same case. Weird. Yeah. Turns out he went away. I was on the stand, and they kept asking me about things on the kitchen counter. And there was a picture and the kitchen counter was cluttered with stuff. And they're like, what is on the counter? I had marked a hoop earring on the counter and a frying pan. So I'm listing those things off. I'd already gone over them in my direct examination with the prosecution. And they kept asking, what else? What else? And I was like, I don't know. And I was, said, do you want me to list every single item on the counter?
2: Yeah. What are you looking for here?
1: I'm looking for one particular item and I would list one and she's like, that's not it. And I said, can I reference a picture? Cause I'm trying to remember. So she brings me a picture. I start listing the things and she was like, I told you not to list the things. And I was like, a little bit of direction would help. <laughs> yeah. The prosecution then stepped in and was like, you know, if we can get any direction and the judge was like, if we could give her a little bit of direction, we're going back and forth. The judge kind of Said we need to be more specific, and we're going back and forth. And then she asked me if there was a package of Oreos on the counter.
0: Oh, (laughs) shut up.
1: Uh, yeah. I said, "Can I refer to the photo?" I have no freaking idea. I look, and I was like, "Yes."
0: Who cares? What about? And then she was like,
1: "No further questions."
0: (laughs) I mean, it is a crime to have single stuff Oreos. I will say that, right? But
1: (laughs) that had nothing to do with it and the judge and the prosecution were both like what is happening here like why are we going back and forth
2: that defense attorney looks so dumb <laughs> like,
1: yeah right and to the jury too and I was trying to be as nice as possible I was like can I see a picture are you looking for a particular item yes can I list them all no I how do you huh? is a guessing game 20 questions is it blue is it by the fridge are we playing I Spy? Yes.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not a mind reader here. No.
0: Are we playing I Spy a delicious treat that should only be eaten in double stuff? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and often dipped in milk.
2: Answers. Yes.
1: So then yes. the other one happened to be the same attorney. And I kind of learned the style of this attorney. I think it's just an attorney, probably tactic. But they just say statements at you, so it's not a question.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. So they'll say that you took photos at the scene. I'm like, that's not a question. Like, yes. What do you want from that? I was just (laughs) confused. Yes. And they kept going. And you went to the scene in the middle of the night.
2: Not, did you go to the scene in the middle of the night? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because I'm waiting for them to continue. We already went through this on the other side, but I was waiting for them to continue with this. Are you telling the story? Is there going to be a question? And then they would look at me and raise their hands up, like, answer the question.
2: Oh my God.
1: A lot of things like that, just what I would call statements, said at me. And so I said, is that a question?
2: (laughs) No, you didn't. They
1: said, you know that that's a question. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shoot. I just poked the dragon. You're in trouble now. And they're going to come after me. And the judge actually stepped in. The judge said, Actually, you're making affirmatory statements at the witness. I'm sure if you would ask her a question, she would be more than happy to answer the question that you would ask her. Hell yes, judge. Yes. He looks at me and I said, Yes, I would. <laughs> and then she's like, Mer. Yes. Then we went on with the questioning. And then they would say, You collected evidence. And we'd stare at each other. And then they would say, Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, Yes.
2: You bet.
1: (laughs) And it went on and on. I feel like that attorney got the last laugh on that one because they put me to the grindstone on the very last question, but I just loved that. Just ask me a question, and I'm more than willing to answer it. I was honestly confused.
2: You're waiting for them to finish the sentence. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and we just stare at each other.
2: Yeah, because in court, I don't know that we've talked a lot about that, but the attorneys are supposed to ask you questions Yeah, to get your testimony. It's not just supposed to be statements they're making and you're like, yeah, I agree with that. They're supposed to be trying to get information from you.
0: Right. And you're taught not to give more information than you're asked for. So in that particular instance, if you're not asked any information, you're trained to not give information that's That's not not asked of you for a lot of multitude of reasons.
1: And you always Mm -hmm. pause after a question. When you do get a question, you pause in case the other side wants to object. Whichever side you're being asked by, you should give a slight pause and then that way if someone wants to object you're not all talking over each other you don't give an answer before there was an objection or something like that so so you pause and you answer what was asked of you not extra which is also another thing that was hard with the counter like what's on the counter like I don't, how do you not give i don't know what's happening sheesh this one was you collected fingerprints from the scene It was very awkward later after that. I did learn how to ask questions by the end of it that weren't just making a statement and then say correct. But I do think that's a training, which, hey, attorneys, defense attorneys, write in and tell us if that's one of your (laughs) tactics. Is
2: that
0: that what you do?
1: Because that's what I figured out from previous testimonies. I'm
0: sure of it. Dang. Well, Well, funny question, actually, because This came from a defense attorney and (laughs) shout out to this defense attorney. So thank you for listening. Thank you for giving these great questions (laughs) to us.
2: Oh, makes so much sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they should tell us if they ever got owned by forensic scientists or someone. Oh, Oh,
2: I'd love to hear that. Write in and let us know.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us your story. Wow. That's funny. Okay. Next question. We got quite a few on this topic as well, so I'll just read a few of them off here. Any nasty dogs during crime scenes? Or did police mostly handle them? Any crime scenes with dogs? Were there any scenes involving pets?
2: <laughs> Answer yes.
1: Spoiler <laughs> alert. We've got a lot of those stories, and we have an episode coming up in a couple episodes about that. So watch out for weird animals at crime scenes stories coming up.
2: All righty. Next question we got here was... I don't know exactly how fingerprints work, but did you ever have any cases solved because of the fingerprint database, or is that just for DNA?
1: Yes, there is a fingerprint database that is very similar to the DNA database. I'm sure on all the CSI shows, you see a lot of the DNA stuff, and that's been highlighted on a lot of the cold case stuff too, because once DNA came around, they ran all those cold cases, so that's everywhere. There's also a fingerprint database that's very similar. When you get booked into jail or arrested, then your fingerprints go into this database. There is the federal database. So there's the one that's nationwide, and we can run them against that. And then lots of states have a state or regional one, so either state-specific or regional. That way, typically your criminals are local or local-ish, and so you can run it in your local database. You get a quicker return. You're searching against fewer fingerprints in the system total. So you typically get things back faster. You can get the fingerprint card name from a local agency versus trying to get it from the federal agencies. So just the same.
0: Yep, and we will plan to have a cool fingerprint episode where we tell you all about kind of how we identify it, all of the fun things you need to know about fingerprints and how we would enter those into a database. So we'll we'll give you some insight into that coming up here soon too.
2: Yeah, in the meantime, go ahead and watch an episode of CSI and you'll notice when they do the fingerprint (laughs) database, it's always upside down. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and they'll yep. run it through, like, beep beep, 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 beep. And it's like, here's the name of the person and where they live and what they ate for breakfast. And here's a so. picture
0: of them. It yeah. does not happen that
1: way. <laughs> Their favorite food is pizza. And they just made a transaction <laughs> at the mall. And then they go get them. <laughs> and they love long walks on the beach. It's,
2: it's not like that, but they're always upside down, though.
1: <laughs> they are upside down, down yes. In the fingerprint database we use, we got a number, their jail number or state number. Yeah. Right. Not a name, not anything.
0: Here's a little shout out to all the people making CSI. Call us first before you air something and we'll help you out. We'll help you make sure you don't (laughs) look like an idiot with that fingerprint upside down.
1: Yeah. We'd be happy to consult for you. It's
0: upside down every time. (laughs) (laughs) Why? All right. Next question is, what inspired each of you to become a CSI or to enter this field. Which personality traits of yours do you think helped you excel at the job? I'll start
2: here. We did do an episode, episode one, uh, where we kind of went through how we all got into this field. So I would say check that out for sure. But as far as the personality traits, I would say for sure being type A. Yes. Having anxiety helps, you know. <laughs> Usually that's found as a negative, but I think anxiety is actually helpful in this
0: career. Having OCD specifically also very helpful.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like I don't want to make a mistake. Perfectionism. All things that probably are bad in normal life, perfect for this job.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, so true. I feel like we're all the very same people. I don't know if any of the listeners can tell,
1: but we're all super
0: type (laughs) A. Things have to be a certain way and Mm -hmm. organized.
1: Detail-oriented. Yes. For sure. Mm -hmm. All in the details, organized. Don't you go misspelling your and your? No. Oh,
2: my gosh. No. No. Stop it.
1: (laughs) When I would interview people for hiring, ask them questions to see how they answered it or prioritization, right? And decision makers that are organized, detail-oriented, can prioritize. Like those are kind of the things that you look for that are top traits.
2: Yeah, I think also, I don't know if this contradicts what we just talked about, but being a little bit go with the flow or thinking on your toes because stuff changes so much. One scene's not going to be the same as another. You have to think outside the box and be able to pivot.
1: You have to be okay living in the gray. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think controlling what you can control. We knew once we got to a scene, we had control of it. It was our scene, our evidence. We could put the yums in whatever order we wanted, whatever made us happy for testifying. Oh, yes. Do letters over (laughs) here and numbers over there. So that organization, going into utter chaos at a crime scene and organizing it so you can present it in organized fashion at court. That's the specialty, being able to organize chaos and Mm -hmm. explain it to other people too. explain things well at the jury you're trying to explain it to a kindergartner level whoever's on the jury. Also strong stomachs and willing to wear snow pants and stay freezing, (laughs) not eat, not pee for hours. Dead inside. Um, Yeah. Dead inside also.
2: (laughs) Black hearts
0: and dead inside. I have no idea Mm -hmm. how I survived. Yeah.
2: I feel like I have the smallest bladder there ever was and I like make sure we eat you know, now. I don't know how I survived that job.
1: Lots of snacks.
2: I'm a pretty black and white thinker sometimes, too. So I felt like that was hard, but I think our policies and procedures was the saving grace there. Yeah. In this mm-hmm. chaos, we have to organize it, but there's stuff you have to follow and you have to do. So yeah. I loved the QA ness of all that quality assurance and the procedures and all that. Yes.
1: <laughs> there's rules. Rule book. Yeah, you have to be able to go into work and just go out to whatever. You don't know what your day holds for you. Never know. Right. Could be a pretty good day. Could be an absolute shit show. Okay, next question. What was the longest scene and the shortest scene to process?
0: So I can jump in on this one. That is there's a a wide range of scenes and we Mm -hmm. would go to all kinds of scenes. I mean, we would go to just very basic attempted burglaries where maybe somebody just tried to open a window that was locked and we legit got out of the the van. We took six photos. The other one of us processed for about 45 seconds and then we were back in the truck and leaving. So there was Mm -hmm. really super quick. I mean, minutes, 10, 15 minutes, just to talk to the officer take a couple photos and process and then there were some that you'd have to lock up for days i think the longest one that that we could recall that any of us were involved in was what five days where we yeah, locked up five days. and you repeatedly went Crazy. back you know multiple shifts multiple people would go back over and over and over again so scenes can vary so 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 much and we went to all kinds of scenes so A wide range. I think the
1: longest one of continuous processing where we would just go home for a little bit would probably be three days, but there's five or six days where we would lock it up and then go Mm -hmm. back once we found out more information. Yeah. Yeah. Days.
0: That's gross. (laughs) Ew. I would
2: say the majority were an hour to five hours, kind of depending. Mm -hmm. We'd usually have a couple in a shift, I would
0: say. so. Yeah. I think average of like three in a shift. So in a 10-hour yeah, shift, sure. we'd go to
1: yeah. two to four. Yeah, but an average of like an hour totally on scene-ish, hour to hour and a half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Typical scene. If you're yeah. efficient and have staffing.
2: What's typical?
1: Yeah, typical. <laughs> Wolf.
0: If you're super efficient like we always were, right?
2: Yeah. If oh. us three were on it together, it's like a well-oiled machine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Get her done. Alrighty, along those same lines, we got a question that was, what was the quickest and longest investigation? So not scene processing, but the actual investigation that we did.
1: So I can do a quickest one. So the whole investigation, I've got a quick story on that. But we went out and someone stole a car. And so it was a theft from the garage. They broke into the house, took the keys and took off with the car. We got there, got just one a beautiful print, oily, greasy, right on the point of entry where the victims yeah, wouldn't normally touch. And so we crossed the scene. We got back to the office. You know you're running that one first thing you walk in the door. You walk oh, in, yeah. ran it, got a hit, got it verified. So we always got things verified. So we got in that fingerprint database. We got a number, then pulled it, got a name, date of birth, had it verified by someone else. Then we let the officers and sergeant that were at the scene know, hey, just a heads up, you know, because the car was stolen, and so you never know what's going to happen with that. We let them know. It ended up being a kid, a juvenile, and they went to the address, just drove by the address. Sure shit, car sitting out front.
2: (laughs) The stolen car?
1: (laughs) Nice. The stolen car sitting out front. So they knocked on the door, and so this was all within... Probably for when we left the crime scene, they were at the front door of the house within an hour. Like this was legit in an hour. <laughs> That's awesome. And they knocked on the door. The dad answered, and they said, "Excuse me, we got this fingerprint at a scene." And the dad said, "Absolutely not. There's no way that my son would do that." And they said, "Can we talk to him? Can we?" The car's here. <laughs> look for the keys in his bedroom. Talk to them a little bit. And so they did, and they looked, and I don't remember who found it, if it was the dad or if it was the officers, but the keys were under his pillow. Oh, (laughs) God. The dad said, well, have a nice night in jail, son. See ya. Yep. And he just sent his son with the officers. But he said, absolutely, you can search. My son would not do that. And then once they found it, he's like, well, I was wrong. Whoops. (laughs) He's all yours for the evening. I'll come get him tomorrow.
2: It's called consequences
0: for your actions.
1: Right. From when we got to the scene to when he was arrested, was probably a couple hours, almost, a CSI episode.
0: <laughs> it Man. almost happens that fast.
1: Man. But yeah, sometimes when we got good prints, we'd come back. I DM, send the officers to know. I never had other ones where they arrested him within a short amount of time like that. I always thought that was fun, too, that the dad was like, no. Oh, actually, <laughs> well, see you. Bye. Go learn your lesson.
2: Yeah. Yes. Tough one. I have another one that's a quick one. Since we were fingerprint examiners, And we have that database. Sometimes we'd get called to the hospital to do IDs on people that were unconscious. So it was kind of a nice service we had for helping out the hospital to just figure out who the people were and so that they could get in contact with the family. So we'd go over to the hospital and take their prints and come back and run them in the database. I had a couple like that, but it's a really quick ID if they have a card in our system and we are able to call the hospital right back and get them that information so that they can do whatever they need to do for their records just kind of a nice thing
1: I always thought it was so creepy fingerprinting a warm body (laughs) because they're covered in warm blankets and they're warm like hot warm yep and they're Not rigor mortis, so you don't have to break anything, and they're floppy and flimsy. I don't know why. I was like, they're going to open their eyes and look at me. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, I liked helping the hospital, but I just found that awkward and uncomfortable like printing those bodies. And then you got to wash the finger. I didn't like those ones. It was weird.
2: Yeah, we're used to the cold out of the fridge.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Y'all, she's crazy because she would rather pull somebody's skin off than go and touch a, a live person. <laughs> sure would.
2: Bring <laughs> someone's skin as a glove. Then I
0: know they're not going to
2: wake up and look at me.
0: Oh, Fuck. gross.
2: You're a spooky bitch. Oh, my God.
0: Right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I would say one of the longest scene investigations that we could have is evidence processing. So I know ugh. we had a scene a couple episodes ago where – We talked about all of the phone book processing Uh. and you (laughs) let us in on on your joy there. That was weeks or months of that. Also, we would get a lot of drug packaging and you would would Mm -mm. process drug packaging for fingerprints and you would get fingerprints for days. Also, we had cell phone stores that got burglarized and you would get fingerprints for days on all the glass surfaces. So those could take months and months and you could have a case in your name that you're working on for what felt like the better half of
1: a year. Yeah, Yeah, it was
2: like six months of on and off of your evidence shelf On every day.
1: That chain of custody would be pages, (laughs) Pages multiple pages pages of chain Mm -hmm. of custody, on my shelf, off my shelf, on my shelf, off my shelf. We would start them and we'd look at them right away and try and pick the most likely prints to get someone. Later, we were able to defer some prints, which means just not do them unless there's further investigations. But we would still do everything we could until we couldn't defer them until we thought that we had a suspect. We couldn't. We had to just keep going and keep yeah. going and keep going until we had a good reason to not keep going. So we had to either find someone, investigators had to find someone, or we had to identify him to victims.
2: Yes. That's my actual yes, hell. Yes. I hated doing big, long cases of latents. I'm like, yeah. get me out to the scene with the dead people. I don't want to <laughs> sit here. And look at fingerprints. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah. And the winter, I'll stay in and snuggle in with a latent case. I
0: guess. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: But the longest investigation on our part, I think we had a policy where we try to wrap them up under three months, but Mm -hmm. I know that there were some that were hundreds of prints that were probably went over three months, six months. And then sometimes cases came back to you. So more evidence comes in, they get a new suspect that they want all these prints compared to. So sometimes they just, they never die.
2: Right. Here's another known yeah. card and compare all those hundred to them Ugh, until mm-hmm. you find The last one is
0: them. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> <Always>. hellish. Yep. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. All right. Well, we just have, what, a, two more quick questions to end this. We could go on and on on questions, Forever. but we've got two more. One of my very favorite questions is next. This question is, Did working a job where you are constantly exposed to some of the worst parts of society, a.k.a. violent crime, murder, robbery, change your overall view on humanity? (laughs) Who wants to answer this one first? (laughs) A
2: hundred percent, yes. All together now in unison. Yes. Yes. I would say it sure did. I feel, yeah, I'm pretty skeptical of everyone. And I think that I have a harder time benefit of the doubting people.
1: Yes. It's kind of like
2: "Uh, you seem sketchy to me. It's a no (laughs) immediately. (laughs) So yeah I feel like my friendship is hard won these days. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Although that's kind of a good and bad thing and maybe it was partially for me due to my time I spent in the jail also but I feel like I read people pretty well. Yeah. And I kind of pick up on things pretty quickly with a lot of people especially like new people that I meet. So That is good and bad for sure. But one thing that for me changed my life a little bit and my overall view on humanity was like my house is like Fort Knox for real. Like There's cameras, security (laughs)
2: system. It is, I've been there.
0: It is no joke.
2: (laughs) You're being watched at all times.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I feel like... Houses getting burglarized and crimes like this happening is not that common. But for us, when it was your everyday, I mean, we would go to multiple a day, multiple a shift. Three or four times. You get this unrealistic, illogical view of that happening so frequently. And that would always throw me a little bit. Like, this is not that common. But for me, because I saw it so much, it was Mm -hmm. like an everyday to me.
1: It's an everyday occurrence. I just bought a house recently, and the first thing I did. Before I even moved in, I was like, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and these need to happen, and the curtains need to go up here, and sticks in these doors. (laughs) I had a list for closing day that I was going to do, and my family was like, uh, aren't you moving to a safe neighborhood? I'm like, yeah, but to me, crime- (laughs) doesn't matter. (laughs) It's going to happen. Yeah. To you guys, it doesn't happen that often, but to me, still, to this day, crime happens every day. It was part of my everyday occurrence. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I think that it still blows my mind when people have an attached garage and they don't lock the door between their garage and their house. Mm -hmm. Why?
1: (laughs) Always. always We
2: always saw that was the main point of entry. If they can get in your garage, they're going to get in your house. Exactly. Give them a fight. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. One thing I always said, too, when we hired new trainees and we were interviewing people, And they're happy-go-lucky and sunshines and rainbows. And I was like, oh, (laughs) we're going to ruin them. (laughs) Oh, you're so cute.
2: (laughs) We're like the gruff people in the corner.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, oh, we're so skeptical of everything. And they're like, well, they wouldn't do that. And they just believe that the world is a good place. I'm like, I mean, if you want to stay that way, Mm -hmm. don't go into crime scene investigations. If you want to keep that outlook... (laughs) Good for you, we need those people in the world. Trust me.
2: Actually, I think it helped doing this job because I did some sketchy stuff in college. I mean, you know, not really, but (laughs) that was really dumb.
1: Can we get an episode on that later?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Listen up. All I'm saying is we'd go to like clubs or dancing places that were in the worst part of town. And you're like, I don't care. I'm going to walk home from there. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then we go to crime scenes in that same spot later Mm -hmm. on. you are like, shit, I can't believe I was here
1: or I walked home. You used to hang out. I
2: think I'm just more aware of my surroundings now, too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think that would help people. I think people aren't aware of that and they're a little, I don't want to say necessarily naive, but they believe the good in everyone and... Yeah. I don't believe the good in everyone anymore. No, there's I
2: places I won't go now.
1: That's why we have trust <laughs> issues. Sure? Mm-hmm. It's like
2: the anxiety. Is-
0: <laughs> Major trust issues. I think we can okay. just all land on trust issues, period. Yep, we're done. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah oh. exactly. Okay, so last question. Have you ever gotten uncontrollable giggles? Speaking of laughing, have you ever gotten uncontrollable <laughs> giggles <laughs> at crime scenes? For, as we're laughing here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> No, I oh, never yeah. laugh. <laughs> never. No, <laughs> me.
1: Pretty Not serious me. folks around here.
2: Pretty uh, hyena you over here. I would say, of course we did. I think we talked about before that it was kind of like water cooler talk. And we're at our job. We're cracking jokes, passing the time together. And sometimes stuff would come up or it's 4 a.m. I personally, and you guys know this, if I am tired, and you're
1: delirious,
2: and I'm a psycho, yeah. and I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> laughing like crazy, just kind of wild. And we had one coworker that I can remember, and I feel like you guys are going to know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yes. Every scene, just her demeanor was just laughing. Yes. Like, what a delight.
0: Her demeanor was just sunshine.
1: She was one. I was like, we're going to ruin her. <laughs> she loves life right now. And I was like, we're going to ruin her.
2: But we didn't.
1: We didn't, surprisingly.
2: Somehow oh. that just shined right through. She's just happy-go-lucky as ever.
1: She was <laughs> one I really had to teach about her face when media was around. Oh, yes,
2: yes, oh, yes, yes. Because yes.
1: we had a shooting. It was the one where I split my pants open on the side, <laughs> on the glass. She could not stop laughing and smiling at that scene. And then, of course, I split my pants. What do you think that does to her?
2: <laughs> oh, geez. Uncontrolled giggles.
1: And so we're just laughing. I'm carrying a bag over there. And we're just trying to get through it. And there's cameras around. She was, she was a hoot. <laughs> yeah.
2: At scenes, it kind of depends what you're doing. Sometimes you're like, I'm so tired. You know, I just want to get through it. But sometimes you're having a good time. And sometimes in the office, you're having a good time. Trying to keep yes. that one over there awake? You gotta crack jokes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: Passing out in her chair.
2: I'm
0: never gonna live it down. No, ever. never, no, never. Oh, no man. not a chance. I was pregnant, y'all. Okay, not all of <laughs> you're pregnant <laughs> for ten years? Wow.
2: <laughs> oh, she man. couldn't sleep at night. Yes. She just told us. Or sleep during
0: our night. This is right. True. I, yes, I couldn't sleep during the day.
1: Yeah. And then there was certain officers that just Love to have a good time or would play jokes, too. So that also sometimes got you rolling with some of the officers.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. So fun. Well, that was fun. <laughs> I want to thank all of our listeners for sending in those questions because yeah, that is fun for us, for sure. So please keep sending them in. If you have more questions, throw them our way. Yeah, we'll do another one. Yes. And make sure that you guys all check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. Don't miss us there. And if you have anything you want to send our way send it on over at hello at yellowtapetrio.com.
1: Come back in two weeks and check us out again because we're here every other Wednesday.
0: Because every scene
1: has a story.
2: bye. 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 Good night. Later.
1: Thanks for listening to Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to rate and review us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio.
0: If you have questions, comments, or would like to share your own stories from behind the yellow tape, check out our website, yellowtapetrio.com, or email us at hello at yellowtapetrio.com. We would love to hear from you.
2: While you're on our website, don't forget to swing by our merch shop and pick up some goodies. Don't miss our next episode where we dig into some more exciting crime scenes because every scene has a
0: story.